Greetings, fellow Wordlings, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave, seeking the truth and exposing the lies. I'm your host, Dave Smith. All right, let's get into it. So, Seth, let me ask you, would you say that their time frame is a little um, off? Because you had to wait all this time, you had to go through all these specialists. Which, you know, they gave a time frame of up to, like, you know, 12. And we had mentioned earlier, like, well, I think 14, something like that. Very young. Would you say that the time frame's off? Because I think that was one of the biggest points here was, you know, uh, the time frame. And I think, I think uh, and also, how do you feel about the, the, you know, the a younger time frame? Um, because, you know, where it's not necessary. Um, but how do you feel like, about, about that? Okay, so I'm, you need to get a little more specific. Time frame for... Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, and, and I want to. I want to specify the vid in the video above. They're 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 not doing any hormones or anything. They're all they're doing is affirming the child's um, wants and desires. You know, haircut and and fashion. Sure, sure. I, I guess my question is, is like, so you have to see you have to see specialists, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you have all, all these other people, all these different steps. And and, th- and and this one individual started at a very young age. Uh, starting at a very young age, does that change anything, or do you still have to go through the same specialist and be eighteen? Like, like from your experience, Seth, is there a difference with whether you start at four or fifteen? Like, is there uh, from you, from you just from your experience? If, if, yeah. So, regardless of if you have parental consent, if you don't have parental consent, or if you are an adult you still have to go through the mandatory steps to get approved for hormone blockers and for hormone replacement therapy. That is something that does not change. You have to go through like the same mandatory steps. For me, what I had to do is I was required to have a two-hour psychological evaluation with a therapist so they could write a note saying that I was mentally stable and I was in the right place to get on hormone blockers. This was when I was around 14. And that was just for hormonal blockers. Hormonal blockers are typically given to kids who are just facing puberty or are in the middle of puberty. And not only did I have to get a note from a, like, from a specialized therapist, I also had to get a note signed off from both an endocrinologist and just a primary care physician. So I had to get three written notes just to get approved, and that's before it goes through insurance. Right. Yeah, yours wasn't elected. Like, like you had to have this, right? You know, yes, I, I, this was a medical necessity for me, and... Mm -hmm. There are a lot of steps to do that. And it is, it didn't matter. Like, I had parental consent. Like, they were, like, all for it. They're like, okay, whatever we need for our child, for, like, my health. Sure. These are just things that you just have to go through. Like, just. Yeah. Um. It took, it, I want to say the process for me to get on the medicine that I needed, it lasted about like a year and a half because we were constantly Just trying to get to 
you're trying. Yes, just the process to get approved. Wow. It is now. It, what, what was your feeling as you were going through that process? Did it seem like like they were just throwing hurdles in front of you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, especially being medically necessary, you'd imagine that there'd be a little more, you know, something more, more, um, it's more important. So, so you, I guess in saying that, I, I don't want to be derivative. I mean, do you think there should be a divide? Because, like, it sounds like, I don't know, like, what, what happened in the past medically to you? Like, you know? I personally advocate for there to be a screening. I think that there should be an approval process. I don't think that everyone should have free access, like all the hormone, like I like all the hormones they want. I don't. I don't think that. I do think that there should be, like, an initial screening by, like, a healthcare professional to see if you are, if your body is healthy, if you are able to undergo the process of either puberty blockers or hormone replacement therapy. And I think that there should definitely always 100% be informed consent. Um, yeah. But, I feel like the process that is currently in place is very, very vigorous. Like, mm-hmm. being that I had to get a note from three separate specialists. Um, right. I, I feel like that is the part that is unnecessary. Right. Like, do you feel like there should maybe be a fast track process for somebody who's doing, do you think there should be a differentiation and maybe a fast track process for somebody who's doing something for medical necessity versus somebody who, you know, um, is is doing it for an elective, for lack of a better term, uh, terminology for an elective uh, process? That is a hard question for me to answer, mostly due to the fact that most, like, healthcare providers do consider, like, gender transition, just binary gender transition, as something that is medically necessary. Oh, wow, good. Yes, um, most leading just healthcare just organizations agree on this, <laughs> because transition has been something that has been researched for like a very long time and we know from like countless just what is it like just testimonies people who have transitioned it it is it is something that is very necessary and though i do not consider myself i i would be considered trans by like healthcare professionals i do not personally identify that way sure um, but I do find myself relating to a lot of people who are in the trans community when they talk about how necessary it was for them to transition, not just like for any, like for me, yes, there's an entire health aspect to it. However, there was a gigantic, like just mental like aspect to it that like heavily like impacted me and that's where i find myself relating to a lot of trans folk because sure that makes sense like yeah yeah, because i was raised up i was socialized as female and that was that was very very hard for me it was very difficult to come to 
And when I went through puberty and kind of came to find came to find out that I had like severe hormone imbalances and that I was like maturing in very abnormal ways, it just kind of led me down that path more. But I like I, I still feel and I will continue to advocate for people who need who want to transition like for those like similar reasons of like feeling like as if they do not belong in that social like group in that like category yeah well can, can i ask a question uh, dave do you mind oh yeah sure. please all right well i guess my question is and this is uh, this is not like counterintuitive to the talks whatever do you find <laughs> that folks who talked about this you know we've been dave here um uh do you find that that the um, you know the media or social media platforms things like that are, are are representing the process or the argument in a poor way? Do you appreciate this the conversation in general, or like how do you feel about it? Just is that you know you know what I'm saying? Like, and that may sound feel derivative, but I, I'm curious. The way in which you two are discussing this with me and talking about the situation, I I love it. I love it very much. I feel like it is very like good like surrounding like a lot of these topics because what i find more often than not when people are covering issues like that is there's a lot of propaganda <laughs> and there is a from like what i have found there is a really really huge anti-trans push when it comes to these things because a lot of people they like to pander to the oh what about the kids sort of thing it, it becomes a huge sort of scare when it comes to topics like these and it's very counterintuitive if we want to talk about these issues and continue to like fight for like medical rights for like people that are not only trans but also who are intersex or on the spectrum like when it comes to these things yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm an advocate for people to live their best life. You know, um, I don't discriminate. I'm not a bigot. I'm not a phobic. Um, I'm curious. And, and and who knows? Maybe I've been programmed a little bit by the media, but I am concerned that maybe some parents, I don't know, might be guiding this in, so, in a certain in certain cases and, and, and but what i'm what i'm getting from you is that that's probably being I, totally overplayed in the media i'm not going to say that it's not possible like it's yeah like i'm sure it's happened before like i'm not going to deny that like there i do have an experience with someone who i knew who actually did go through something like this and it was very traumatic for them their mother this was someone who just identified as male. They were born as male. Their mother tried to force them to transition to female oh, wow. from a very young age. Their mother was very mentally unwell. She had a lot of attention-seeking behavior, and she was just not a very well-adjusted human being. And mm -hmm. she pushed this onto her son. And... I like I remember that experience and I 
and I do think about it sometimes because it is it is something that can very well happen. However, when it is not the choice of the person and they are being forced to transition, there is going to be pushback. There is eventually going to, like, that child or that person who is being forced into this, like, they're going to learn very quickly that they are uncomfortable with their body, they are uncomfortable with what is happening, and they will speak up about it. <laughs> sure. Right. Like, I, I think one thing you mentioned that I want to just reiterate, informed consent is of the, yeah, that should be the biggest, you know, highest priority in any medical uh, procedure, right? Like, do you want this? Are you fully aware and and not, you know, and consensual? Is this of your desire or are you being, you know, and, and that goes for anything like uh, breast augmentation, you know, are you doing this because your husband says so or, you know, do you, is this something you really want, you know? Um, I remember a case study in two psychology courses ago. <laughs> it was um, about a boy that was born born with a micro penis, and the doctor just right away was playing God, telling the parents, "Oh my God, this kid's not going to have a good, you know, not going to grow up to have a good life. They're not going to be happy. You should really just, you know, you know." have sexual reassignment surgery i know exactly what you're talking about i've it was the case about the two twins one of them forced to they basically transitioned them into a female and then later down the line figured out oh i don't want to be a woman (laughs) yeah it's yeah well well, actually the case i'm talking about is that the parents decided that they it's a separate case. I know the one you're talking about, but the, in this one, they didn't go through with it because the parents decided to get a second and a third opinion. And they found a doctor that was like, you know, you could always worry about that later. Why don't, you know, why don't you just love your child? And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, <laughs> I'm living proof that you don't have to be hung like a horse to be happy. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. But, uh, I mean, I'm <laughs> kidding, and I'm not. But I, yeah. Well, now it's recorded, so it's different, bro. <laughs> right. Whoops. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, I just wanted to bring that back to what you were saying about informed consent. I just I think that's so important in any regard because you know there are going to be crazy parents out there that, like you said, want the you know I, I think of Jean Benet Ramsey, you know that poor yeah little girl for forced into beauty pageants you know it wasn't her idea it was her mom who wanted the spotlight well i want to say is that yes things like this do happen i want to point out that that is a minority of a minority of these things happening totally and i feel like a lot of the time the media likes to take this one very very specific case of something happening and try to use it as a poster child for an entire thing that's going on and that is what we see a lot of the time when it comes to the trans movement of the the absolute worst like horrendous stories are being propped up and put on a pedestal to try to take away the rights and the access to health care 
for every other trans person. Which right. I which is disgusting, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's I Yeah, no, it's, I, I, I fully agree. I fully yeah, agree. Our media is horrifically sensationalistic. Yeah. It's why I, I believe that there should be a system in place to make sure that people are doing things on their own will, that they are informed, and that most importantly, they are safe and healthy. Yeah, that's the one thing, guys. I know, I know some people want to come out, but I think right now we're we're speaking on on different terms than than, than <laughs> opinions. So right now we're gonna wait uh, if you want to come up. Uh, so so Seth, uh, I guess so. Would you say that? Like with this, with this article, right? I, I, I said, Dave, this is your panel. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to, but I, but I just feel like we're talking to Seth right now. Is that all right? Yeah, no, I have an agreement. Yeah, um, uh, but like my question is, is like, so do you think the media sort of speaks out things that cause conversations where we look at, oh, are the parents being? Do they look for, you know, David was saying sensationalist, but also do they look for primarily people who are to be questioned? whether they're making correct judgments, like, do, do they look for the people who give questions or for the people who give, like, you know, absolutes for mentions? How is the spin given? Like, uh, are, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Well, okay. I'm going to, like, phrase this as this way. When you look at the the title, like, just of, like, the link, Life is a Five-Year-Old Transgender Child, that was specifically chosen to get people's attention it was chosen to be like oh what like a five-year-old is like shoot is like doing all this like it it's it's engineered in a way to make you question if not have a bit of outrage towards it right it's very clickbaity yeah yes and i agree it's a lot of those minute things and how we skew our like how the media skews a lot of stories they do it because they want views they they want the clicks it's how they make money yeah right yeah i i don't believe i i think that there are some people who have good intentions with these things i feel like they there are some people who do genuinely want to spark conversation and talk more about a topic like a lot of like things of that nature however i do feel like it is very i I feel like there is an agenda with it (laughs) a lot of the time and it's like no one is immune to propaganda and there's a lot of it in the media like down to the clickbaity titles to what specific images are being shown like from it's just my personal opinion of it is i think more often than not when trans people are in the media or when like their rights or anything else is being talked about it is not in a positive light <laughs> for the majority mm. yeah because i would tend to no agree because, you know it's have you ever spectacle seen type. how many articles about trans people have you seen where they talk to just people have transitioned they've just gone through it smoothly and they have an average life versus how many articles have you seen talking about they're performing like gender reassignment surgeries on babies they're giving hormones to like 12 year olds like that sort of thing Mm. 
Exactly. You don't hear from the average person that's like, yep, I just I work at Walmart or Starbucks or whatever, just transitioned, I'm happy. You don't hear those stories, right? Yeah. It feeds into a lot of the outrage content that we see more often than not on the news. And people enjoy it because it's outrage. It gets them fueled up. They want to, like, do something about it. That sort of thing. Yeah. So, 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 so. Yeah. yeah no. I remember. I, that's really interesting. I, I, I guess you would say like, like it's always a battleground topic instead of a, a you know, a, a, anything that's like a praising topic. It's always a battleground. You know, to where to where it's always a battle. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not constituted as 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 oh you know this person blah blah one one million dollars. And you know, yeah, 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 but it, it's it's one of those things where it's it's always a battle. It's always there's always a negative because you know with any battle there's always the negative side, which is always heightened. You know, it's like war times. And so, would you say that that the trans community has been subjected to an environment that is systemically um, a fight, no matter what you do, instead of a platform to, I guess, I, I, I simply put, live positively. Oh, God, absolutely. Um, There was a period of time for me where I found that it was very, very hard to leave the house, to be in public or do things, because I was very scared of what was going on at the time in the news centered around trans people. And when we have a lot of these, like, clickbaity titles or a lot of these articles or things that frame trans people in a very villainous type of way, it has real world consequences. And because of those consequences, I found it hard to live my everyday to day life because I was scared that if I walked into a bathroom or if I was just standing or just in somewhere in public, that there would be someone who thought they were just self-righteous and that they were killing a pervert or a groomer or that sort of thing. Um, wow. It, I, it took me a while. I didn't leave. It, it took me a while to start being able to go out in public places again. I, for my own personal reasons, I just avoid using public restrooms altogether because of it. Because these are things that happen often to trans people they are they like they are very vulnerable in public spaces and more often than not are constantly like attacked or like harassed some trans people they have it easier because they're able to pass and people can't tell but for the parts of the community that are very visibly trans they are often just subjected to a lot of violence. And that's not okay. Not okay at all. Wow. It, well, first of all, I just want to say, like, man, like, you really brought a lot to this conversation today, and I'm, I really appreciate you coming in. I mean, like, I, I'm not saying that you're, you're done here. I don't know what Dave has planned, but I don't understand. I really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, same. I, I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, and I really appreciate the conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, take over, like, this sort of thing. I, I know you guys are, like, just having a more oh. 
no. broad open like discussion. I, I don't know if I'm like overstepping or not. <laughs> Absolutely. Not at all. Not at all. You're the guest of honor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, it's, this is like just a personal topic that has just kind of had to, it, it has been forced to be the, like, like mm -hmm. a, a very core thing in my life just because of how my life has been affected, like, with a lot of these issues. So. Let me ask um, you, so, I, I, something as simple as, like, we have two bubbles now. Now, does it even make you nervous as to, you know, I can't see what they say because there's no transcript. Does it even make you a little nervous to even know what they say? Um, yes, however... I've heard so many things over the years, ever since I was like a literal child about these things, that whatever people say, I've already probably heard a thousand times before. I like, to put it into perspective, when I was 14, I was a child. I would have adults act asking invasive questions about my genitals. This is something wow. that I'm used to. Wow. I'm I am wow. very like I have received a lot of harassment <laughs> over my life oh. because of Sorry. these because of this. Well, I and, want you to know we're holding a safe space here for you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody that I, is leaving a comment, I want you to do so with the uh, utmost respect, you know. Yeah, because uh, I, overall what we're dealing with here is Seth it, truly here is the expert. He's lived the news media. He's lived the research and he, and he's, he, he's lived like all of this. And so, um, anybody who and becomes he, in stuff, uh, he's bravely coming up here and talking about it openly. So, I, you know, I think everybody should be nothing but appreciative, uh, and thankful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm but not I gotta tell you, to I gotta tell you, Professor, I got a little nervous when I couldn't see what the messages said. <laughs> well, well that, that's why I asked that because we have these bubbles, and I, I was like, well, you know, if we're gonna play it in the future, I'm not gonna like. I, I think, I think overall, like, I, I said, you're welcome to stay here as long as you want. Like, like you, mm -hmm. uh, you can have my star if you want it. Like, you know, but like, I just wanted, you know, we had those there, and I'm like, well, how do I handle this? I can't say the thing. You, and, I'm not gonna. I don't want my potential discomfort to bar anyone else who may have a differing opinion be allowed to well, speak. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about it's about the environment that sometimes you run into in the circumstances. And I'll be the last one uh, to allow any time. Well, also, I, I got a little rowdy. So I, I was getting hyped up. <laughs> um, the first thing is, is, that, is that you have allowed us a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of personal stuff. And so, and so, I'll be the last to allow somebody to be a bit. <laughs> um, I, 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 I can only be intellectual for so long. Uh, and so, you know, like, like coming up here and speaking, like you gave us so much. <laughs> uh, like you, you steered this thing and like made it beautiful. So I just wanted to ask you about the bubbles because I wanted to see your comfort level because, like, I would like you to stay. And if you were uncomfortable, then like, then like, truly, really like, like, you know, like. Your testimony is very important to me, so I, I was just asking. Yeah. And on that note, I'm going to play some messages. Cool. All right. We got a message from Sky. 
Seth, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your point of view. I really appreciate it and I respect um, what, what you have to say here today. I think it's important. So I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind. Um, first question, um, is there a difference between uh, hormonal uh, treatments? And I'm not knowledgeable on any of this stuff, so I'm, please forgive me if I say things wrong or my terminology isn't correct, but is there a difference between two different kinds of hormonal treatments based on one that's for medical uh, necessities and another one that's based on wanting to do it for, uh, uh, you know, per more personal reasons as far as the, you know, transgender community. So that's the first question I have. Okay. Um, I can actually answer this. So it depends. It really heavily depends, mostly due to the fact that intersex people are all there are different types of intersex people you are it is very hard to find two people who are intersex who will have the same type of case like when it comes to how their body develops what their hormone levels are etc what i do know is that hormone treatment for hormone treatment in my case what i went through and what let's say a trans man would go through is exactly the same um, now, because of it, like, depending, you, that may not be the answer that you get if you walk up to another intersex person and ask what their story is. However, hormone treatment is the same, like, across, like, the board. Um, I personally take testosterone, and that is because of my hormone imbalances being that I already had high testosterone levels, but not enough to the point to where it was like just messing with my body. And I had super, super low estrogen and progesterone. So the best course of action for me to just keep growing as just a human was to take hormone injections. And I have been on, on testosterone injections for around two years now um that what i do is essentially going to be the exact same for someone who is trans mm -hmm. Alright, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. And remember, if you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm putting down, please spread it around with friends and on social media. Reviews on Spotify Podcasts and Apple Podcasts are greatly appreciated. Alright, until next time. <laughs>